0: Welcome to Podcasting is Praxis. Uh, My name is Elijah. I'll be uh, your your guide into tonight's uh, wonderful view at the complete mess that is US politics. Uh, With me tonight is Jamie.
1: All right. Uh,
0: James. That's not going to get confusing. No, it won't be. That's fine. Hello. (laughs) And Rob. Hello. Okay, cool. So we're all here, we're all excited. Uh, who has who, whom among us has actually been actively following the Democratic primary I, I have, have been following it <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a yes from Jamie, no sorry a yes from James and a no from Jamie
1: yeah I, I haven't been actively following it um, no,
2: okay cool uh, you're in for a treat, what about you Rob? I I've been obsessed for a very long time um, yeah, it's, it, you know, and after the whole Corbyn affair, um, I've decided to latch the drizzling remains of hope and optimism onto the Bernie campaign. So I look forward to being crushed.
0: Well, I, I'm looking forward to, 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 to asking you and Jamie your, your favorite campaign moments uh, later on in the podcast, but first I feel like we do have to kind of um, give a little caveat, especially for our, uh, our, our limey listeners. Uh, who might not be familiar with exactly how the uh, obtuse, impenetrable <laughs> fucking mess of primary selection works in the U.S. So, uh, what we're all, what the sort of media class, what everyone's focused on is uh, the 3rd of February, which is the Iowa caucus, uh, which is a big deal for the Democratic primary selection, and... Um, and it's a bit hard to explain. Basically, like all the campaigns have people in a room in a house, and they have to stand in different corners of the room with all their all, uh, all their volunteers, all the representatives, and and it's it's like a physical manual count of like how many people are there for each campaign. Um, Would it be worth it, very,
3: Elijah, if I gave a little bit of yeah. background as to how this whole primary system and like fits into the larger picture and why it is such a tremendous mess?
0: Well, well, I was just going to ask, why the fuck did? is that still a thing? Why does this still happen? Why is barnyard politics
2: still such an important part of the... Because <laughs> they are fundamentally a
3: barnyard people. Ooh, controversial right out the gate, and then enjoying this. No, it's like, so without getting into, into the great depth about it, essentially, unlike the UK where we have, we've got first-past-the-post, and so we have a plethora of parties, but realistically, it tends to collapse around two big parties. In the US, from the ground up, by design, it really is designed to be two parties, to the point that most of the parties actually run their affiliation, not through a membership sort of platform, but through registration with the state. It's that blatant. So you're either red, the Republican Party, or you're blue, the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. And if you're third party, you're wasting your vote. And once you wrap your head around the idea that it was designed like this to exclude any other kind of insurgency voices, then all the really weird structures to the way the various parties select their candidates starts to make a bit more sense. So by insurgency voices, you mean communism, right? Uh, Communism or fascism, to be fair. Um, And
2: and libertarianism, but we're talking about the same thing.
3: Well, yeah, see, the the problem is... um, it's designed to have to leave you with these two parties but as we've seen with the republican party it is theoretically possible to just hollow out one of those parties and claim it for yourself like the alt right has kind of done to the republican party at this point not that they were ever greatly distinct more just distinct in their rhetoric so this is why
0: bernie's like uh, the actual success of bernie sanders being an, an independent socialist politician getting elected as mayor and then as senator and and being this steadfast successful politician and successful voice in this system is is more impressive than it might seem. He's not just, like Corbyn, a leftist member of the nominally leftist party. He has a political background that that's basically him on his own against the world.
3: Yeah, he has absolutely no party machine, or has had no party machine behind him during his long and, I would say, illustrious career. Um, and so... Him trying to kind of come to the fore and you know register as Democrat and uh, stand for president as a Democrat is uh is a bit of a gamble and the Democratic Party are utterly hostile to him doing this um, mm-hmm. and to this extent you know in depending on how you look at it some argue that in twenty sixteen they blatantly rigged the game against him.
0: I would I I would posit that's that that's an accurate description of.
3: Here's the thing what I don't happened. think it's worth relitigating the past but what you can not, no. what you can talk about is the future so a little bit of background um, well I think I mean but
2: I do think you have to not relitigate the past but I think what it's important to sort of say at this moment is that both in the case of Bernie and before him Trump is what has happened to the Democratic Party and also to the Republican Party is that they have both been essentially hollowed out from the inside because they became so obsessed with managerialism and, and pleasing the upper classes that there was no constituents anymore. Like They, they were both hollow shells of a party. I mean, uh, uh, the Republican Party post-Obama uh, was a shell until Trump sort of went in there as a virus, and Bernie post-Hillary was the same. I'm
0: not sure if I agree there. The uh, So James mentioned earlier that it's possible to take over a larger party from within and what i immediately thought of was the the Tea Party activism and the and and before that the sort of evangelical reactionary surge in the 80s um, wow well. who, who, who kind who, who managed to create a, a, a Republican base that was radically to the right on social issues um, didn't seem to care that much about the economic issues but of course you know that they mm-hmm. clearly do, but um, the, the that that managed to galvanise the entire party structure in a way that forced it to move ever further to the right. And people who were surprised that Trump winning the nomination on the Republican side, were, I, 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 this is incredible. How how are you blind to what's been going on in you know in the relationship between your, your base and your party? And part well, of the reason why why Republicans are more successful over this sort of you know period is because they actually do pander to the extreme of the base
2: well sort of kind of i mean i think there were a couple things you know um after the second obama win after he won against romney there was this whole movement within the party um they had what was the name again michael Steele there for a while who was supposed to be like modernizing and and take essentially the republican party out of the culture wars because they felt that this was no longer you know a, a winnable fight against the um obama coalition of, of uh, minorities women and and educated liberals um and you have to remember that like trump by all standards is still an accident because i was rereading uh, matt taibbi's very good book um of his columns leading up to the election and you know like trump there are some parallels between Trump and Bernie, and one of the things that Trump did was essentially none of the other guys in the field wanted to quit. You know, like Ted Cruz was supposed to be it, and then that guy from Florida <laughs> was supposed to be it. Um, you know, like so the, everyone had a turn. The, I remember that; like, that was fun. Like, yeah, but like d- d- neither Trump, neither Trump nor Bernie were like the. I mean, in a way, I think Trump is the natural end state of the Republican Party, but. He, you know he when he came out it was not an a preordained thing right i mean he, he sort of fell in there for a lot of reasons
0: yeah but that's what i mean by by the the republican machine uh caters to its base which energizes the base even further and entrenches them in their viewpoints to the point where they do get a candidate like trump which is different to what's happening with bernie sanders because bernie's because bernie isn't the result of the The Democratic Party, seeing that these policies are popular, and then bigging them up. Although, in some way, that you could argue that because uh, from twenty sixteen on, every Democratic candidate has been trying to pretend that they agree with Bernie Sanders on a policy level. Everyone's been trying to pretend that they're in favor of Medicare for all. That they're that they're you know agree on issues like uh, student debt being too big, being a problem. That that, that we need to have. Um, better solutions to these issues. Of course, most of them don't actually have any policy platforms that would address them properly, but they all have to pretend to be somewhere on that same axis.
2: Yeah, but so, I mean, the D- Democratic Party did the same, still does the same, for the most part. Pretend to care about the big issues, but, you know, not yeah. giving in on the core issue of e- economics, where which is essentially, I mean, broadly speaking, the economic yeah. incentives like the, 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 the Republicans uh, and the Democrats are like 90% aligned, I would say.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if there's a, a complete parallel to be made with the Tea Party and the Republicans, but... Um, no, uh, I think,
3: I'm sorry, I'm going to have to disagree with a lot of what's just been said, because let's right. kind of rewind a little bit. The Republicans... Um, the the rolling of Republicans towards the Christian right, that was actually kind of an intentional thing that was set about by Republican inner party members in an attempt to form an electoral kind of um, coalition that would carry them forward and would lock them in for generations to come. The Tea Party is something rather different. The Tea Party was essentially astroturfed by the backing of a few millionaires, yeah. specifically the Koch brothers. Um, the Tea Party then went rogue because it turns out when you give um, this... For grassroots a huge shot in the arm and get them to push libertarian right kind of ethics into the Republican Party it quickly becomes its own kind of self-reinforcing thing whereby anyone who doesn't kowtow to the kind of right libertarian line the Tea Party were pushing swiftly gets kind of marched out and it got to a point where the cycle was going so quickly that the Koch brothers themselves were a bit taken aback and didn't quite like some of the things that were being pushed and didn't quite like how it led to the inevitable rise of kind of alt-right views and that preceded kind of donald trump kind of coming in and donald trump kind of combined with their kind of lib extreme libertarian alt-right views with a populist kind of i'm going to just use the marxist language a false consciousness of this mm-hmm. idea of labor and that's the thing that that carried him forward and you know it's fair to say that trump didn't quite expect to be quite as successful as he was but um ultimately you know it carried him into the white house Bernie, on the other hand, it hasn't had any of this. What we see from the perspective of the left and the, the democratic field is 2016, Bernie Sanders thinks we really need some kind of voice that can counter this forthcoming kind of alt-right populist kind of, you know, um, alignment. He tries to convince Elizabeth Warren to run. This will mm-hmm. be important later. Yep. Uh, she <laughs> refuses to do it. And so Bernie goes, well, fuck it, I guess I've got to throw my hat in the ring. But he doesn't do it with huge conviction. It's not well known, but he didn't actually really properly establish his. No, no, um, no.
2: He, he just sort of randomly walked out literally during his lunch break, didn't he? He yeah, just walked yeah, he did. out, found some cameras that said, yeah, I'm actually running. And then and it
0: turned his, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, and this, he didn't his, actually his have campaign a His campaign started
2: late, him. he couldn't get momentum, and that's a
0: large part of why. If he had, yeah.
3: If he'd been know. running from the start, it's credible that he might have been a more serious and more dangerous candidate against Hillary. In fact, Given, I mean, yeah. depending on whether you think he, he it got stolen from him or not, and there is evidence to suggest that some of it was, exactly. but hey, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, where that leads us today is... The Republican Party has kind of become a, a kind of walking Frankenstein's monster that the billionaires are kind of gradually realizing, oh, you know, what? this isn't so bad, actually. We can work with fascism. Fascism, you know, mm-hmm. that, that is not an economic threat to us. And many of the kind of centrists are kind of coming you around on that front say. as well. Whereas <laughs> over in over in the Democrat land, um, the Democrats are gradually realizing, oh, shit, this Bernie Sanders might actually take this and. Um, and he might actually blow through all the safety mechanisms we put in place after 2016 to prevent him from doing it
2: well I mean I, th- I do think what's what's fair to say um, in in that reading of yours which which you know, I would agree for the for the most part with is that whereas the the Republicans when they got Trump they sort of they let the freaks and weirdos in through the front door whereas through the Democrats, what they would perceive to be the freaks and weirdos and what we would perceive to be normal human beings uh, smuggled themselves in through the back door. I think that's a fair way of putting
3: yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's also an artefact of the difference between the way they do their elections. So to, to bring it back around, um, yeah. <laughs> the Republicans do primary elections all the way through. I don't think they have caucuses, last I checked. Um, If I'm wrong on that, someone can leave a reply on their Twitter. I won't care. The Democrats, meanwhile... <laughs> The Democrats have a combination of things. Basically, different states do their elections across um, different periods. And the first, like, four states, if I remember off the top of my head, are Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and Nevada. Yeah. At which mm-hmm. point, then a whole bunch of them do, this, do their elections no, on the same Cal- California day. No,
2: California switched itself. It's now before Super
3: Tuesday. Oh, is it now? That's so interesting, it's I
2: Iowa, um, New Hampshire, Nevada, California, South Carolina, although those three and four are switched. And then it's it's California's fifth, if memory serves.
3: Oh, interesting. Right. So, there you go. Changed since last time. Um, California's and then, probably it, feeling
2: left out because they're such a big state. You know?
3: Yeah, they probably want to have that, that kind of you know, be, hat in the ring needs thing. to be more important, yeah. But it uh, then leads into what's called Super Tuesday, which is when a whole bunch of states all hold their primaries on the same day. Now, a key thing here is that the primaries fall into two kinds. There's primary voting, where it's it's literally just you turn up, you, you cast a ballot as you'd expect. But then there's this other thing called the caucuses, which Elijah vaguely talked about at the start. And it's dumber than words alone really can do justice. It's a site that has to it be profoundly
2: stupid. It is for barn raisers essentially.
3: Yeah, they they break the entire place that's up for election, the entire state, down into individual small districts. They pick, like, church halls and barns and whatever the fuck they can hold enough people. And what happens is all of those who are registered to vote turn up in the nearest location, which is one of these places, and... Each of the four, or you know, I think it might be five at most. I can't remember. Main candidates. Um, they have ele- They have like proxies present, who each gives a speech as to why you should go to them. Then they all stand in different parts of the room, and people vote <laughs> with their feet. But we're not done. Oh no! After we do a head count. And work out the percentages that each candidate's got. Anyone who's got I think it's less fit less than fifteen or fifteen or less, something like that, percent, they then get to go to someone else instead. So it's like a second round of voting. And so we yeah, get to give it's, more uh, stump speeches. Sec-
2: second preference stuff, right?
3: Yeah, essentially, yes. And this continues on until there's no candidate with less than fifteen percent. Um but what that means in practice is that it actually leads to some really interesting electoral outcomes. Because if you are a candidate who is polling 15% or less, or less than 15, let's say, just to to make it unambiguous, and you go into a caucus state, you can come away with zero delegates, nothing off the back of it. Because after that first round of voting, all your people are going to get reallocated. And uh, that's where, you know, the horse trading really comes in. And that's why going into Iowa, which, uh, if if I recall correctly, uses this caucus approach, um, where the candidates are standing is incredibly important. Particularly uh, Warren and um, Pete. Uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Anyone? But, but is
2: boot, boot, no, it, apparently the t shirt's made of no. how you pronounce this, because America. Um, it's uh, Boot Edge Edge. It's Budajedge. Boot edge edge. Yeah, yeah. Okay,
3: sure. Um, like they're they're pulling they're <laughs> well, single digit, digits just, in could, Iowa.
2: We could just refer to him as Hal in the future. No. Uh, well, <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, Pete US. It's not. Mayo Pete is the approved nomenclature. Come on,
3: (laughs) yeah, all right. Well, regardless, he's uh, you know they're polling quite low, so they're probably going to get completely wiped out in Iowa, and that being the very first state, doesn't bode well from going into New Hampshire. And at present, at present, Bernie Sanders is pulling ahead in both Iowa and New Hampshire, the first two, and winners tend to get momentum. So it's all it's all interesting. It's all to play for.
2: It's a very interesting moment, you know, and. Can I, I, I just ball, say, the, the,
1: whole, the whole standing in different corners of a barn and trying to, like, sort of yell at people to get them to walk towards you is some cult <laughs> shit. Does, does Waco have a caucus?
2: <laughs> well, it does have a sort of whiff of, like, um, uh, Pennsylvania Dutch, like the Amish or something, you know, that they all stand around in big beards and black hats um, and assume phones and, and, I don't know, elect the local mayor by standing in random barns.
3: The uh, the 15% rule is definitely an artifact from them wanting to exclude minority candidates and prevent them from getting some uh, momentum behind them. What's really interesting for this electoral cycle, though, is there's two little details I should probably kind of make sure you know. One is that Nevada, if I recall correctly, they are recording all of the delegate counts, um, sorry, all of the um, caucus votes. They're recording them on a proprietary app which is entirely private and which is uh, unrecordable. (laughs) Last time round, there were strong rumours that Nevada, basically the the Democratic National Committee, stole Nevada from Bernie Sanders. So it looks like they're gearing up to do it again. Um, If you believe they did last time. We'll see.
0: This is, I mean, this is history as a flat circle. uh, Yeah. Because I remember the Diebold machines.
2: Oh, yeah, Um,
3: yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, if you vote for... Well, they're still
3: there. Oh, well, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, they haven't been replaced. Was this, uh, was that the gore, uh,
3: bush? Yeah, the, uh, campaign. the gore bush with the hanging chance. Hanging in chars, yeah. yeah, uh, unrelated <laughs> yeah, to the meme, that. but now I want to make a meme of that. Uh, anyway, the, the, the other thing,
2: Chad and the Virgin, yeah, yeah.
3: the Bernie Bur- <laughs> Balling hanging... and the Hanging Chad. Um, the anyway, hanging Chad and the Caucus Virgin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. I'll do. Uh, the other thing is okay. We go through all the primaries across all fifty states and the outlying territories and all the other shit we do. We get to the convention. After last time, the Democratic National Committee has introduced some new rules. The Democrats have what's called superdelegates, right? Because the idea is that each state you're fighting for delegates who will go on to vote for you at the convention to choose you as the uh, as the candidate for president, right? But the Democrats have had superdelegates and what these are is they're floating delegates and they're just members of the party apparatus in the DNC. Um, they're not, you know, no one votes for them. They're just kind of chosen, they kind of worm their way up. They are the insiders. And they, are, they, they exist to basically wait the vote to make sure populists can't win. But after last time round, Bernie managed to get one of his people on the committee to decide the new rules for the DNC. And so they they agreed that the superdelegates will not vote in the first round at the convention. So the first vote at the convention is just going to be delegates from all the 50 states. And that's it. No superdelegates. Big deal. Interesting. The catch is, after the first round, if no one has more than 50%, Doesn't matter if you've got a plurality, if you don't have an absolute majority, then the superdelegates weigh in. This, I think, in my analysis, is why there's so many Democratic candidates this time round, and why so many of them are staying in, is just to make it as mathematically difficult as possible for someone (sighs) like Bernie to get 50... One uh, percent of all the delegates they mm-hmm. reach a national convention. Well, or so
2: because they're all giant egomaniacs and they all think that they will win on the second ballots, when the super delegates inevitably swing behind them.
3: Why not both? <laughs> no, yeah, but this much. is this is the plan. This is the fudge. They're going to try and steal as many delegates as they can from Bernie as they go for each of the primaries. But even if even if it can't quite swing that, as long as he is less than fifty percent, then the super delegates get to screw him essentially. And that's why his sudden momentum right at the beginning has got people quite worried because last I checked, he was sitting at, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, something ridiculous, like 25% in uh, Iowa. The
2: latest
0: latest I saw was 26, but I mean, we're we're there, you know?
3: Yeah. And he's, he's creeping right up. He's in the lead in Iowa. And uh, I believe Nevada is starting to turn for him. He's had California for a while Mm -hmm. and there now are serious people are sitting in rooms panicking smoking cigarettes kind of frantically scribbling on whiteboards and doing all those kind of <laughs> corkboard conspiracy theory things to try and figure out a way to fuck him because if he rolls the first few states in this there's a very yeah. good chance he might do quite well in South Carolina which and also, is uh, yeah,
2: and, that, and also because then you get the, it, it, it... The race does fundamentally change because now everything is sort of theoretical right it's all who knows and there's a lot of polling but like once you know who wins iowa and who wins new hampshire once let's say biden uh, or, or bernie wins the first two states then the narrative in people's minds also becomes okay this is the guy you know um it, it, you get front runner status by being the front runner, and that's a very I mean most most normal human beings are not us and essentially don't follow this shit and they just think okay well this guy's won three in a trot clearly Mm -hmm. this is the guy we need to unite behind to defeat Trump so it 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 has that snowball effect as well there's
0: a reason why the early primaries have this sort of you know mythological status and are are seen as big deciders they're Um, very because yeah
3: they're very important this time around for another reason which is the fact that one of like okay the only argument that biden kind of has right now is i'm electable you know i can actually win people will actually vote for me if bernie sanders starts winning these primaries um he takes a huge chunk right out of that because right that's, now there's yeah, a lot of people who are like
0: argument out the window
3: yeah there's a lot of people who'd be who are like do you know i like all the policies that bernie's got but ach, he's crazy bernie he can't win can he yeah. If like, he starts like absolutely kicking in the doors of all the like serious contenders uh, and like coming first, then we're going to go. Oh, well, I guess he can win. There are other people who like him. Well, I might as well give him my vote then. Yeah. And then it really does become a major problem for the DNC. Meanwhile, have-
2: <coughs> Joe Biden has <coughs> wandered off somewhere, talking truth to a tree and going, "Hey Mac, hey Mac, look, when well, we used
3: to roll jelly pops around here, hey Mac, it's great." Hey, I knew a guy called Corn We used to call him, and he had a rusty chain. <laughs> Actual <laughs> words said by Biden. Yeah, I was just going to say it. I've
1: yeah. seen um, I've seen them doing the sort of thing where they don't want Bernie to appear as the front runner. So there was that thing with the um, the the TV thing, and they were discussing the candidates, and they had the the percentages for what they were all on, and Bernie was listed as other.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That <laughs> That's was amazing. I and mean, was
0: still
1: in the lead. Yeah,
2: there's Virginia, been loads of.
0: I mean. The famous headline, you know, the the which I think was an Onion headline years and years ago. But then you start seeing stuff like Bernie plummets to second from you know third. Uh. <laughs> it does come very close to that.
3: <laughs> Warren Warren surges to fourth place was the other one I heard.
0: Oh yeah but, yeah yeah that was great too. I mean they're 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 absolutely frantic. They're they're completely panicking. Um, but this, and I but don't... I,
2: again, there are parallels here because you know you remember when when. Trump was seriously just, like, bulldozing his way through everything. All of a sudden, you had, like, Marco Rubio placed third in Florida or something, like his home state. And all of a sudden, all the CNN talking heads had to talk about the Marco-mentum. And, like, there was this whole lineup. of of, you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 this is genuinely a thing and then John Kasich was like the last holdout and then he was gonna you know win or something like that and it was every time they just sort of pretended that this race was actually still ongoing and that Trump wasn't actually doing what he was doing
0: okay I've got a fun little game for uh, Jamie alright you listening okay I would like you to list as many Democratic primary candidates as you can.
1: Ooh. Right, there's the um, well, there's Bernie, obviously.
0: Okay, yep. Uh,
1: there's Elizabeth Warren. Yep. Um, there's that guy that just sort of hangs around looking like like he's just happy to be involved. <laughs> I can't remember his name. That's I Tom know exactly Stier,
3: right? who you're referring to, which is really scary. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's there's that
1: serial killer guy. Is the the Democratic Ted Cruz?
0: Okay, this is so...
3: amazing. This is fantastic. Keep going, Jamie.
0: <laughs> right, hang on, hang on, hang on. So they're happy to be around. I'm going to go ahead and guess that's Tom Steyer. Yeah, that's Tom Steyer.
3: That is absolutely the, Tom Steyer. I mean,
0: he,
2: he's using—he's got... a billionaire who's literally using this election as like to get over his de-
3: divorce it, and. It,
0: yeah, <laughs> he's like, I want to meet Bernie. How do you meet Bernie? Oh, you got to run for president. Cool. I want all that. Yeah. It, it
3: literally is. He's he's like, you can't get in a room with Bernie if you've got lots of money because he's not interested. So this guy's literally pouring away money to have the opportunity to have some kind of passing relationship with the future mm-hmm. potential can't nominee. Be <laughs> well, I mean, really he just funny. got
2: divorced, and it's like, I mean, if I was an American billionaire and you know entirely devoid of conscience, but I just wanted to have a little fun, it's just like. Fuck it. Why not? I'll get on some stages and you know talk some shit. Why not? It's yeah. just you know, what else? You have that stupid amount of money. What else are you gonna do?
0: All right. So we've got Bernie Warren. We've got Tom Stair. We've got the serial killer guy. I'm gonna guess that's Pete Buttigieg. Kind of looks like a rat.
1: Yeah. Is that yeah, you
3: thinking the, of? That's the guy. Yeah. yeah. That's the guy. All right. Go, go on. Um, you got had a something to do more. with
1: something to do with bread prices or something was it I saw yeah, <laughs> it's an amazing uh, story and I
3: can't wait to talk about it okay, <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll get to that, that later on keep going through the candidates
1: um there's the uh, the policewoman from California
0: uh, Kamala Harris she yes she dropped out she is no longer a candidate oh, okay. she was bullied out of her candidacy by uh, by by Twitter trolls apparently
3: in the words of I Trump "Bye bye I'm Buh-bye.
0: not joking I I'm not joking. There was statements from her campaign staff uh, that said apparently um, the higher-ups in the campaign were so invested in in what people on Twitter said about them and thought about them that they got way too upset at being, like, insulted on Twitter, and it ended up influencing a lot of their campaign decisions, (laughs) and they got really depressed.
1: And then they (laughs) ran out of money.
0: Decided to drop out. Okay, so Kamala Harris is no more. We've got a couple more.
1: Um... I was there's Booker, but I think he's gone, isn't
0: he? Yep, Corey Booker. Yeah, he's out.
1: Um, And there's obviously there's Biden, just sort of wandering around, like with his eye exploding on TV and just touching everyone he meets.
0: (laughs) Brains melting out his ears. Yeah. Okay. There's. Um, That's pretty good. Can you think of anyone else? Uh, no all right so I can I can m- I can <laughs> yeah 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 um all right so who wants to take over
3: man like Rob is that annoying kid at the front of the class who's like I sticking am, I am I am the annoying kid sticking it. my
2: head up in the classroom like stretching Modern my cream. head so I should Rob? be killed all right let's see if we can get them all here yeah <laughs> it's big Mikey B in the game Michael Bennett Michael Bloomberg no Michael Bennett already dropped out oh shit he? I've just I've no he's still active I just gave seriously? Him away seriously
0: what? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny because I don't know who the fuck he is or what he's doing but he's he's there.
3: <laughs> it's
1: like
0: this is
3: we're, we're well into if this was a sitcom this would be the and also starring section of it. <laughs> yeah. I have
1: actually I have actually heard about Michael Bloomberg because people seem to think he's just he's only he's a billionaire isn't he and he's only sticking his oar in because he's worried that they're going too far to the left.
0: Yeah, he also might think, I'm a billi- I'm a better billionaire than Trump. Surely they'll vote for me because all they like about him is that he's a billionaire. I mean, oh. you know, there's maybe something there, but it's not going to work.
3: Oh, I, I've got lots I, to talk about I don't Bloomberg know. when we come to him.
2: <laughs> I'm more worried about Bloomberg than I should be, but I am. Yeah, maybe. Um, we got a couple more sort of main cast people that
0: haven't been mentioned. Come on. There's the video game candidate oh
2: yang yang gang
0: yeah yeah Yang's still in it <laughs> his big Reason. thing was he was going to give everyone a thousand dollars a month yeah um, yeah yeah yeah, and, but, and then transhumanism and libertarian and video games
2: but, but he later clarified cool. that that 1000 us dollar would like include all current benefit p- payments so it for yeah, a lot of people we would it actually was- be
0: worse off it was going to be bad. It it's like imagine all the all, all the criticisms and awareness that left groups have about UBI and just like you know put into one perfect orb of um, fail. All right, we've got another Perf- perfect orb so-
1: of fail. Is my wrestling name?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we've got. We've oh shit! Got, I think, yeah, no, two- there's a whole
2: bunch. No, 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 there's, there's- more.
0: There's, there's two more sort of main-ish candidates and then there's two more kind of uh, BC listers so who else is on the A on list the Amy A-list?
3: Klobuchar wing
0: in yeah. <laughs> what do we know about Amy Klobuchar what's the big thing that comes to mind when
2: you hear she Amy Klobuchar she did her first rally in a snowstorm
1: <laughs> is, she the, that. Um, is she the the like crazy hippie one
2: No,
0: No, that was Marianne Williamson. Bless her. No, she dropped out a while ago. Um,
2: uh, Yeah, she would would have made actually quite like an insane, but quite good president. I would have loved to have seen a Marianne William presidency. It would be literally like, you know, that store in your town that says like, that sells like scented candles and magic crystals, like that type of place. The owner (laughs) of that store as US president, it would be amazing.
0: Uh, Amy Klobuchar also famous for uh, having staff quit on her because she threw binders at them, um, and being <laughs> binders, binders
2: thrown by women this time. Yeah, <laughs> and and of course so her healthcare she, stance,
1: is she the one that was getting grief because she had an affair with one of her staff, or is or are you going to tell me there's are you going to tell me there's a some there's yet someone else?
0: No, I. Th- was that her? I remember I that know, someone was... There was a Marine. Thing. Someone was having an affair with a Marine. No, that no, was... That was, that, that, was, was the,
2: that was an insane rumor. Start. That was, that was that, supposed to be... That was um, Jacob, Jacob Wall. Yeah. Oh, was, Jacob Wall said Elizabeth Warren was having an affair with a Marine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and I think there was another one where they tried to claim that... Um, uh, Either Tulsi Gabbard or Amy Klobuchar was also involved in a relationship with the man, but it was like S and M, and she was nailing him to a wall. Which leads me to believe Amy Klobuchar.
1: <laughs> no, that was the um, that was the, they were saying that about Elizabeth Warren because I remember the Marine lifted his shirt up to show you the scars from oh, beating him. <laughs> it was all it was all very convincing
0: I mean I mean Amy Amy Klobuchar's big healthcare pitch w- was great and uh, uh, the uh, just, huh? just, isn't her pitch just like uh, die peasants die p- pretty much no you can't have it fuck off um, the Chapo guys got about this quite a lot <laughs> it's just the one candidate to go no fuck it you're not getting it um, and then of uh, course you've mentioned Tulsi Gabbard yeah um, yeah uh, my favorite thing was seeing political analysts go, "Oh my God, Tulsi Gabbard is the most Googled candidate after
3: the first debate." I
0: wonder why, and I'm like,
3: "Because I mean. no one's ever heard of her." <laughs> <laughs> that, to, to take it back a second, though, no, that Warren story is really brilliant. Um, just imagining, like, I can't wrap my head around. The sort of person who thinks I know what will sink the candidacy of this far left person. I'm going to bring on a US Marine and suggest (laughs) that Elizabeth Warren... Elizabeth Mild, oh hi, I'm just I want to see some change on Wall Street, that she has pegged and dommed the fuck out of a US Marine. <laughs> a big structural sadomasochism, apparently. That's what we were going for. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, fantastic. we should the clarify
2: it, for our for our listeners who really probably won't know who Jacob Walls, because you have to be obsessed with this shit. Yeah, I was, I was just that. about to say the thing yeah. the
1: thing with that is you say it, it's a really it's a really bad plan, but it's it's Jacob Wall. I mean, he's just yeah, but, the dumbest motherfucker. Fucker in a nation like entire, like almost entirely like populated with dumbest motherfuckers. Do you know what I it's, mean? He's like, it's
2: like Im- imagine if if you take Brendan O'Neill, but you shrink the entire inside of his skull from massive steroid use, and then you let him loose on presidential politics. That is sort of Jacob Wall.
1: Jack, is, Jacob Wall is just a an absolute joke, really. I mean, have you heard about his spy agency? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten about the spy agency. I was trying to think of who was he trying to target with a Me Too allegation um, in a that he claimed took place in an office that was fully booked and like had a meeting going on at, at the
1: time. Oh, um, that was um... it was
0: it, it was one of the one of the Russian investigation people. Yeah, it
1: was, was. It was Mueller, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I, I'm having trouble remembering because he's 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 a, he's a non a never ending just whirlwind of I think it was, it was
1: Mueller. They found someone, they found someone who would come out and say that yeah, Mueller would Yeah, some had poor like,
2: woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, she, she was yeah. prepared to say that Mueller had sexually assaulted her and they had the whole story sort of like planned, but um, they it tu- didn't It turned didn't out she sh- never agreed. She didn't she, know what well, was she, going on. She like refused to sh- show up to the press conference um, and they sort of blundered their way through the allegation without her. And then it turned out like Mueller had an alibi because they hadn't checked, like hadn't bothered, like obviously where he is on any given day is like a matter of public record. And they hadn't bothered to check that he was even in the country or something like that.
3: Uh Context for our listeners at home here might be worthwhile. We're talking about Robert Mueller, former head of the FBI, special counsel for the prosecution of Donald Trump over the Russia investigation. They were trying to smear him. And it never occurred to him to think, hey, you know, we can you, you can look up publicly where this guy's been for the past yeah. like few years. Never the basic competence of checking when he was unaccounted for didn't even cross their minds. I mean, yeah, but the basic competence
1: of not picking a fight with the head of the FBI didn't occur to them either. So
0: <laughs> it's I mean, he's so far he's only been banned from ever doing financial trading because he frauded so hard. Yeah.
1: The
2: first time round. Yeah. Uh, but he's, I have just remembered the last is. candidate uh, that we we forgot. Uh and that's Deval Patrick. There's one more Is what? No. I really thought we had them. Before before, no. we, before we
1: move off Jacob Wall completely, I, I just wanted I do want to like bring up his spy agency which was just yeah, yes. fucking incredible. <laughs> um I can't even remember what he was trying to use it for, but he, he made up a private intelligence firm. And he I think this was
2: yeah for another one of these fake stories he was trying to sell. Yeah. I vaguely he, remember um, this now.
1: He stole he stole a bunch of mugshot like headshots of people off the internet, like famous people. Um, and he, he he knew he knew that Google Images was a thing.
0: Like if he, you right click and do it uh, search for image, that's yeah, all. Well, it that's takes. the thing. He <laughs> obviously he
1: obviously knew Google Images existed, but wasn't like savvy enough to know that there were more than. More image searches available than just Google, so he ran all of the the photos through a filter um, to make themselves sort of like sepia tone and artistic, mm-hmm. and then Google Image Search wouldn't find the original photos, and he was satisfied with that. And so he made all the stuff. So he had like a photographer from London was his uh, was was heading his British office, an Israeli model was running his Tel Aviv office, and all this sort of stuff. And uh, he was the uh, he was the American like agent or something. And it, and um, someone obviously went straight on that and just ran the ran the images through TinEye and immediately found out who they all were. And, um, and It then is some, the
2: equivalent of like staff uh, pretending a staff office and literally having like the photos with like the label Shutterstock across it.
0: Yeah,
1: and then someone phoned someone phoned the the um, the company's number that was listed on the website and it went to Jacob Wall's mother's voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> Surefire intelligence. <laughs> it was just I mean, it was just amazing really, like. But anyway, yeah, so it's, it's let's just, let's go back to the candidates. Bro, oh the um it was it was Katie Hill I was thinking of and she's not a primary
3: candidate, she's a congresswoman. No. Alright, go on Elijah, puts out her misery. You're missing one, it
0: is uh, Mr John Delaney. Oh
3: Delaney, yeah, is, of course. But he is, is
2: so cataclysmically dull. This is you know, like, how much time do you spend on your day thinking about detergent? You
3: know, I think that even John Delaney doesn't think about John Delaney most
0: days.
2: <laughs>
0: it's yeah. I was wondering who would be the last one. Like, is, like, um, like who were we? Is John who, Delaney was the one, one where, going to remember
1: where there was some like video that went viral for the wrong reasons of people dancing or or something.
0: Are you thinking of the High Hopes dance? I
1: I, I have heard of that, and I, I do think it's a separate incident of people <laughs> hmm. dancing. There
2: were I'm also sure. people dancing for Better um, O'Rourke once upon a time.
1: Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of.
2: John Delaney, I can't think Christ,
0: of a I's single about, interesting I've thing, thing about him as him. well.
1: There yeah. just well, too many of these people.
0: Beto dropped g- out a while ago. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's out. Yeah, the big fallen ones are. Uh, uh, Bill de Blasio, Beto Rourke, uh, Kamala Harris, Marion Williamson, um, Julian Castro, R.I.P. He, uh, he was mean to Biden on stage and died. Um,
3: and uh,
0: John Hickenlooper, who just has a fun name.
3: You're just
1: making these yeah. up now, aren't you? <laughs>
3: right, Bob there's a great game to play, which is to look up, just like find the Democratic National <laughs> Committee and look up the names of the people on it, and then look up the names of all the people on all the boards of all the sub-organizations get mentioned through there, and, like, you play the game of how many names do you go through before you hit a name that looks like it was made by rolling dice against some kind of, like, <laughs> syllable <laughs> table. It's fantastic. Like, you know, I'm not meaning to have a go, because obviously America, supposedly a melting pot, lots of different nations together, but the names they come up with, man, they are fantastic. Yeah.
2: Okay, so we've... Look at John Hickenlooper, the guy who was drinking fracking water. That was, was him, he? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He said fracking water is perfectly safe, and I'll prove it by drinking a glass oh. of it. Oh dear.
1: <laughs> that that never doesn't go well, does it? <laughs> it goes over uh, no. so
2: well, but
1: because there was that. Even I can remember that Tory guy in the nineties that gave his kids salmonella or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay that's a digression for another
0: day <laughs> yeah okay so that's the candidates um, uh, we can discard a couple of them for now we can talk about the front runners
1: um, so the, the sheer number of candidates reminds me of the um, the republicans in 2016
2: yeah exactly when I mean, there mm-hmm. was about
1: like 50 of them they just, <laughs> just turn up and all spill out of a tiny car onto the stage <laughs>
3: it's, it's, it's like and I can remember
1: um, I can remember noted American uh, political cartoonist Ben Garrison doing a cartoon the way they were because the the, the, big, the big thing in 2016 was the Republicans were trying to they were all of their candidates were just absolute fucking like shitheads they had just the worst group of people imaginable and mm-hmm. the only, the, literally, the only positive they could come up with was that they, they had a lot of them. It proved how good the Republicans were—that they had like forty <laughs> of these
3: idiots that you just couldn't tell apart. And I, don't I, know. I was, I was, I was ben, quite firmly behind the candidacy of Pazuzu, master of the Knife Depths.
1: <laughs>
3: ben Garrison,
1: Ben Garrison, did a cartoon where he listed all the candidates and like uh, had you know people swooning over them and, and all this sort of stuff. And listen and he gave them all like nicknames. And the the nickname he gave—does anyone want to have a guess at what the nickname he gave Ted Cruz was?
2: Smiling Ted. Nope. No. No. Crying Cruz. Cry. Was it? I thought it was Lion Ted. No, that's was what Trump gave him. Yeah. Okay.
1: No, no. This this was this was when it was a, when all of the candidates were good, and it was a positive thing that they had like seventy three of them.
2: Uh huh.
3: he he called him kind eyes man oh god (laughs) (laughs) so this is Ted I am totally not the Zodiac Killer Cruz (laughs) kind eyes man to be fair why am I so persecuted to be fair he didn't
1: specify whose eyes were kind he might have just had them in his like pocket as a trophy or something
0: (laughs) yeah I I remember that oh god right Um, let's talk about the front runners Um, so for for the longest time um, from the start, it was Biden. He had the electability thing. He was the popular previous Democratic president's VP. Um, he forgot his name
2: he, in an yeah, interview. He, that he was fantastic. He had taken the car into. He had taken the car back to the future and was in the malt shop the whole time. <laughs> He's like, when I uh, when I served as vice president under
0: under under Truman under the former president. <laughs> Um, so he was the frontrunner for the longest time. Well, he still is for the most part. He, well, yeah. I mean, when you said
1: there, when you said that you would forgotten his name in an interview, I thought you meant he'd forgotten his own name.
3: And, <laughs> no, he and honestly, that name. might have
1: been less embarrassing for him.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it says a lot. Everything about Joe Biden's candidacy can be summed up with the fact that before he ran this time, Obama apparently took him aside and said, you know, you don't have to do this, Joe.
0: Yeah. And he still hasn't endorsed him, which is very embarrassing. Uh, Obama, Um,
3: like, when we're done with the candidates, let me talk a little bit about Obama in this, because it's fascinating.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Biden's big thing... But Biden was essentially, like, Biden was supposed to be the guy, right? Like, he has the... Yeah. For no apparent reason, apart from that, I, I think the main reason, of course, is that he was Barack Obama's vice president, and then a lot of people for legitimate reasons or otherwise have very fond memories of Barack Obama and that presidency and that, you know, he has that reflected glow. Uh, That's pretty much it.
0: He keeps, he keeps trying to tie himself to the Obama presidency in debates and he keeps trying to remind people of the fact that he was the VP. Under yeah, the, their Democratic logic on
3: President. it is fascinating. It's basically the fact that Obama had a really powerful African-American coalition going in and it's basically Biden's position himself as the inheritor of that. And it's kind of worked. Like, he doesn't have the best minority backing right now, but at the start of this, he totally did. He was the beneficiary of all that because a lot of African-American voters went, oh yeah, Biden, he was uh, he was the second in command to our boy, you know, Obama, right? Yeah, well, he's, he's our guy then because he didn't screw us last time, did he? And what's really funny about this is because all of his previous presidential runs, of which have been many, have utterly whiffed because the guy cannot perform... To save himself and he's actually he's got a terrible record when he ran for socials- himself
2: he, and when he ran he's run two or three times yeah, yeah.
3: before hasn't he and he's yep.
2: always imploded in the most embarrassing manner i think the first or second time was when he was lif- he got
3: he, he, was he got he got done for i can't sorry i have to scream this into a void he got done for plagiarizing <laughs> yes, speeches yes. by neil kinnock <laughs> <laughs> yes. jesus christ <laughs> like, you know, pick a winner, man. Jesus Christ.
2: Can you imagine? That's, 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 that's fantastic. But to be fair, like in, in, in context of Stephen the current Kinnick American election, it, would be, it is just hilarious that that was still something that that could get you caned out of a race. Whereas now it's just like, oh, did you have sex with a porn star and pay her off using campaign funds? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's no problem.
0: God, I, I, I remember the, the 2000s and the late 90s when we, we, we pretended to give a shit. Um, I saw this did I hear this? Was it in a podcast or online? I don't know. Uh, someone pointed out that um, uh, I think it might have been on the true and non-pod that Nixon is just like angrily st- st- stromping through hell. I could have just fucking told him to fuck off. I could have burned the tapes. I could have, you know, destroyed all the evidence and I would have gotten,
3: you know. The joke is yeah, like that was really, trapper,
2: but yeah. yeah. I don't there think you go.
3: I don't think he actually could have done that. I think that's a bit of kind of historical revisionism, because the imperial presidency has really become more of a thing since Nixon's time. Like, I think if Nixon had tried to pull a lot of the shit that Trump's pulling, it wouldn't have flown. Whereas ever since, like, the Bush presidency and the kind of gathering increase of powers to kind of the presidency as this kind of imperial office, that's become a much more viable thing. But... We're getting we're getting a bit off topic. Fuck it, yeah. sorry.
0: So Biden Biden's big thing has been walking around with his brain leaking out of his ears. Um, it's a, a very fun game, which we're not going to do now because it, it's been done so many times. But you can do it yourself: is to just pick like a random clip of him speaking at a debate and try to guess what the topic is.
2: <laughs> well, there is an interesting. There is another interesting game you could play, which is not that far removed. Is if you watch. Um, Donald Trump's speeches from during his primary season, and then compare them to clearly his brain just melting out of his ear, which is what it's doing now. And then you watch uh, Biden clips, and they're at the same sort of verbal level around the same time. Mm-hmm.
0: I guess that's what speaks to old people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, uh, I
1: mean, that and putting no malarkey on the side of your bus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did do that. Fuck me. No
3: malarkey,
0: yeah. Um, Biden's can I, uh, had numerous can I, gaffes.
3: yeah can I just take a moment I want to plug something that's incredibly good if you've not heard it there is a wonderful podcast with the name of episode one it's a concept podcast where every single episode is the first episode of another podcast and they have a recent episode which is just episode one Joe Biden and I'm just going to tell you if you want to like melt your brain just go in cold and listen to that and it tells you more about Joe Biden than anything we could say ever could
0: Okay, I think I'm aware of that one and uh, yes, do go listen to it. Um he so the gas there's the famous corn pop incident. There's the um
2: the leave corn, the record call. The corn pl-
1: pop incident? Uh he he That's was telling not, a
2: story. It you it's you is not famous unless you're uh, you know into this thing.
0: Okay. Uh, so for those who don't know, he was he was trying to big up his uh, his roots as a as a multiracial, you know, man of the inner city and telling a story about being a lifeguard at a pool in I think the fifties and about how these, these young black kids would, would, would try to sneak into the pool and, um, their leader, uh, corn pop would give Oof. him grief, but, 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 but through the magic of good old timey, you know, um, racial blindness they be, he became friends with them i don't i don't know what the point was i don't even i don't, I don't know if even had a point if he just rambled on no but that
2: into... i think that turned out to actually be true or a variation of it, very like him because that he does have african-american friends from that time who tell the same story so like he did actually live in an archie comic
3: yeah it's, it's nuts <laughs> but it's true con pop and the story of con pop con pop is apparently true the fun the thing that makes it funny is it's got absolutely no bearing whatsoever on this millennium
0: no absolutely not
2: um anyway that's but, favor- did Joe he, Biden, did did he was... bring that
1: up in like on a question about the budget or something pretty like, much
2: yeah. <laughs> how
0: will you pay for the wars in the middle east well my, as my old friend corn pop uh, uh, um it's it's been very funny but i'm I was never too worried about Biden because we saw from the beginning you could notice that he's just going around sundowning his staff <laughs> had to keep him no l- literally his staff no, no, had is, to keep is, him yeah. out of out of events after a certain time cuz he's tired from campaigning and it's because he's in, he's he, his brain is going and he, and it, and he can't do normal you know person things after a certain time of day um, and his, his, his eye
3: burst on ball. television
0: Yeah, his eyeball literally
3: exploded during one of the the, uh, primary debates. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, he started bleeding into his eyeball, but that, you know, that's like the least thing I can hold against him. I think John Rental was just like licking the screen while that was happening, but... (laughs) Ooh, callback. Um, Right, so we had
0: Biden. Um,
1: And the the one thing I want to say about Biden is, I, I briefly mentioned it earlier, is he keeps touching people. And I, d- yeah. I don't, I don't mean just the Creepy thing where he's Joe. like, I don't think just the thing where he's like sniffing women's hair and stuff, but just whenever he's in an interaction with a member of the public, he, he's got his hands on them. I saw a thing the day where he's at some event, and some guy talk, wants to talk to him and, and ask him if he'll promise not to build any more oil pipelines. And um, and he tells the guy he basically tells the guy to fuck off. He's just like, oh, if that's what you want, vote for somebody else. Um, but he's like putting his hands he's got like hold of the guy's lapels and stuff it's like he just constantly like looks as though he re- what he really wants to do is just throttle the guy but he he obviously knows enough that he can't do that so he, he's just got hold of him by the coat like looked like he was going to try and zip his jacket up for him or something just <laughs> this really is the same
2: guy he challenged to a, a, a push-up competition is it no he challenged donald trump to come on stage and do push-ups with him Oh, <laughs> that was a separate incident of him threatening to uh, punch Donald Trump in the mouth.
3: Look, Joe Biden is a sensual, tactile man, and I think you're being far too critical of him. <laughs> he just wants to to express his deep fondness for the general public and particularly for their their young daughters in the way mm. that he knows how, and the, you know the same way he did back in the nineteen. 19- 20s whatever the fuck it was he first came up <laughs>
0: <laughs> the immortal lich king Biden right um, the other front runner um, up until recently I guess would have been Elizabeth Warren um, if we're, we're we're not getting to Bernie just yet we're just uh, we're
3: getting save the, other, the best uh, for last
0: yeah yeah we're getting so um, yeah I can't remember anyone like did did harris ever really pull that high did uh, there were a bunch the of them that
2: were like promised like they were all the candidates you know they were all the prince that was promised essentially right because it was supposed to be um uh, harris was really bigged up for a while beto o'rourke yeah
3: yeah they wanted harris and beto like the democratic establishment really wanted them really hard but uh like harris's candidacy was fatally flawed from the outset because she had described herself as california's top cop and she had spent years as uh california's chief prosecutor just literally putting years on people for misdemeanors and for just um the most basic of kind of drug crimes imaginable just like possession of marijuana so 10 years behind bars so this um, kind of shit
1: american keir starmer
3: is what you're telling me <laughs> uh, and then some, like yeah, I think cr- a bit worse. Yeah,
0: like she's 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 in favor of putting mothers of truant kids in jail. So, yeah, like so real... kids who skip out school, toss the like, parents away. Um, yeah, yeah crypt- nasty
3: shit. Yeah, cryptofash without the crypto kind of part to put it bluntly. Um, she left a crypto part to Yang. No, like she's uh, she really she was pretty horrible, and all it took was the slightest bit of scrutiny and the. I kind of see just could never have worked because the framing of this election thanks to Bernie's efforts last time around has basically been kind of leftward and an authoritarian who you know made her bones essentially locking people up is just not going to cut it in that context so she did kind of well until she collapsed under the slightest scrutiny and she was just basically done instantly
0: bouncing off that point we can actually this ties in really well because um uh Warren Biden uh And Buttigieg all have been or all started out um, claiming that they supported Medicare for all and that they had Medicare, they had healthcare policy plans that would be Medicare for all, just more competent than Bernie's or or more serious because you know Bernie of course hasn't he doesn't know how to pay for any of this, which is completely untrue. But they all had to pretend that they were in favour of Medicare for all because twenty sixteen managed to push the narrative. Um, sufficiently to the left that the sort of other two main candidates, Biden and Warren, ha- had to recognise that it was a popular thing. So are they could,
1: are they doing the um, are they doing the the sensible moderate centrist thing of taking a left wing policy that is good and then just stripping numbers, all the guts
2: out and leaving the name,
1: just numbers stealing around with it to make it different enough that they can claim it's their own. So it's. <laughs> I mean. It's like Medicare for all, but we pay for it by, like, rending the fat from the poor or something like that. I mean, mean, that
3: that would be too generous an interpretation. Like, uh, you know, so to talk policy very briefly, Elizabeth Warren's approach to it is essentially designed to fail. If you know the slightest thing about how stuff actually gets passed in the United States Congress, Warren's plan can't work because she talks about something that will phase in over 10 years And like clockwork, every two to four years, the ownership of a different, like the the Senate and the House, they flip to the other party. It's basically designed so that it'll get rumbling and then be fatally hauled due to a change brought on by Mm -hmm. kind of midterm elections. And Um, not even, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as I'm sure you were about to say, Elijah, it's like that, that's just the barest like surface level problem with it. And it's glaring the rest of it all the way down. It's, it's just, it's a real, real turd sandwich. I was um, going to,
0: yeah, I was going to mention a couple of big things that stood out for me uh, about Warren's healthcare plan. Um, the, the first one is kind of related because her her first step in this sort of 10 year phasing um, which would be an important one to get a lot of people um, into a level of affordable healthcare uh, was scheduled to, to kick in uh, after three years of her first term, which of course is, is exactly when re-election campaigning starts in earnest, and she'd be in a position to say, well, you've got to let me, you know, you've got to re-elect me, uh, yeah. or the healthcare won't come, which is which is using healthcare as a sort of blackmail or like sort of hostage situation for her re-election, which is pretty fucking disgusting. Um, And the other um, big one that I remember is that she proposed a um, funding method that would tax employers based on the number of employees they have on the books, which immediately, of course, offers a massive incentive for outsourcing, for zero hours contracts, for reducing labor strength and pretty much decimating the unions. Like if the employer has a massive financial incentive to just not employ people um, in in any way that, that gives them any form of l- rights or legitimacy, um, it's easy to see where that's going to go really quickly.
3: Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um,
2: I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're all apart from Bernie, they're all fucking Lib Dems.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, d- d- no lie detected which is, it's been
0: very frustrating for me because Warren's big pitch was that she's the same policies as Bernie, but she's younger and she's a woman. Therefore, overall,
2: on the whole of it, she's the better candidate. Yeah, Um, and then, I mean, like, I think also in in the UK, you know, that there is definitely a thing to say, look, there really should be a female uh, president, or in the UK, you know, there should be a female leader of the Labour Party. Like there really is a a case to be made for that. But it's like if you just want to do that because you think the symbol is good and you don't care that the, the actual policy and the stuff that matters in people's real lived experience in life is sort of secondary, then what is the point?
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 the it's the big brained uh, media analyst going, I'm I'm very confused as to why Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez has endorsed Bernie Sanders, an old white man, over Elizabeth Warren <laughs>
3: a woman of colour. Well, I mean oh, so okay, we should do a little bit of unpacking of Elizabeth Warren's candidacy because I think she we should said also... I wasn't
0: gonna go there, but but I've gone there now, so yeah, okay. Yeah. Um
3: So I think I know where you're going with this. Is she was
1: was it Harvard Law's first woman of color or something yes. like that? Yes. Uh,
0: yeah. First, first law professor of color. Uh, she basically, though,
3: yeah, she's got a huge track record of lying and using it to profit. Um, I'm, I'm not going to mince words about it. She's she's lied about shit in the past repeatedly and made all mm-hmm. sorts of just fairly minor like things she's here and there, and, like and a not snake. so minor. Yeah, like she <laughs> lied about being Native American and used that, you know, arguably to gain entry. Yeah,
2: I think that's that's for me that's difficult to like I, I I find it always difficult to ascribe deep sort of evil motives to people where I think I don't know, for me always the Occam's razor
3: thing is just stupidity. Well see I don't I don't buy that and the reason nope. is because if it were on its own right then you could go yeah i can sort of see you know i've heard i've met so many americans who when i say oh hello yeah i'm james i'm from scotland they go oh i'm scotch yeah i'm like 125th scotch i can like Uh i can totally see that except she's also done other shit she like um she you know went on doing some stump speeches talking about how her father was a janitor which was such a big issue that her own family kind of came out and said this this isn't true yeah her brother was real
0: mad about that
3: yeah, he briefly worked a tiny, a short janitorial job uh, to bridge things, but that wasn't his trade at all. And to describe him as just being a janitor, like, you know, she's she's not being honest here. Mm-hmm. And there's been like a whole pattern of things where she just, she massages the truth to be politically advantageous or the, to give her a kind of hand just, up.
0: Just to hammer home why I think it's okay to be cynical in the assessment of her Native American claims. Um, before she uh, was a law professor... She contributed uh, recipes to a book called Pow Wow Chow. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> a, she could do that. Yeah, a, a recipe book of Native American cuisine. Uh, the recipes were plagiarized from the New York Times, um, who who still endorsed her, which is amazing. Um, well, the, her well, well, her
2: and Amy Klobuchar, her and Amy Klobuchar, fantastic.
0: But hang on, so the yeah, um, and whether. Maybe the origin point is family stories. You know, oh my mima always said we were, you know, we had Cherokee blood or whatever the fuck. Um, The there have been Native American activists and writers and campaigners and journalists who have been decrying her ever since she had any political prominence for weaponizing this this background. She is not a a, a, she's not an accept a, a. um acknowledged tribe members she, she's not uh, you know ha, has no actual connections to it and they have been very critical of the way she has used this um identity to to benefit herself uh, the law thing is is just one she was using it in in campaigns beforehand and everything um even if you're if you're well-intentioned, right? Even with the best of intentions, if you made a mistake, if you believed these family stories about your background, when that starts happening, you fucking stop. You apologize. You drop it completely. You don't say, oh, well, my meme always told me, and then carry on doing it as if that's okay. Yeah, but
2: that's a very American thing, you know? Like That's that's a very quintessentially American thing to be like... I mean, I, I genuinely think that that... As Europeans we don't really have that problem because we you know like we know where we come from and essentially our, our histories are relatively settled like even if you moved in in and around the European countries whereas Americans are always have that sort of weird rootless thing going on
3: well so I, you think know, I think even
2: the- a lot of people who would be like 133rd part or whatever it is Cherokee would legitimately ascribe to themselves as such and you know like i said I, I i think it's possible that there's malice there but i i just i think stupidity is more likely but shall we move on from from this bit because
0: well yeah i mean the one final thing to say about it is that it points to her complete political incompetence because when trump challenged her to take a dna test yes to prove was she fair. was native <laughs> yeah. and she went ahead and did it now first of all apart yeah um Quick parenthesis, just just about the actual you know thing itself. You don't define race by bloodline, right? So it's not race in that sense. You don't define native, appartenance, native membership or identity by a DNA test, by a bloodline, right? The one drop rule is a racist thing. It's it's a it's a way to um, further segregate um, minority communities. Um, it, it's, it's, it's not something that any actual progressive should be doing which shouldn't be surprised because Elizabeth Warren was a Republican until the late 90s um, and as we all know the Republican Party up until the late 90s was you know c- completely fine on, on racial issues uh-
3: <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest right I actually I think she did exactly the right thing when she took that test mm-hmm. and the reason being it gave us the immortal fantastic clapback the Trump law, where she came out waving around the results of that test and they just responded with her campaign logo Warren 120 20th oh god <laughs> <laughs> and that that right there is why Elizabeth Warren if she was a candidate would be utterly yeah, annihilated yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she would in the face of an exploding say. sun it points
0: to yeah this complete lack of political acumen just uh, com- absolutely a moron
2: well I mean she would and, and, and she would for, for all this surface-level culture war bullshit, like Pocahontas and all this type of shit, and she would try to roll around with it with Trump, and, like, that's Trump's home turf is culture war bullshit.
3: I mean, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's even worse than that, because, of course, she brings it, She recently brought it out to bear against Bernie, but I don't know if you want to talk about that now, Elijah, or shall we save that one for later?
0: Um, we can talk about Bernie, unless there's... Any, I mean, there's... There's Buttigieg, who's probably worth the we mention. But oh yes, he is. We can we can also save that for the the best hits of the campaign because.
1: I mean, the main thing the main thing I want to say about Pete is um, police suspect the real figure may be much higher. <laughs> <laughs>
3: The thing about Bitter is he's a fucking spook. He's like CIA. Yeah. It's it's staggering. Yeah. He, is, uh, he, is, he
2: is He is like the, the majestic 12 candidate. I mean, he is just lab grown somewhere to be present. I mean, he, uh, he has all he these the terrifying interviews. It's like when I was 12, I wanted to be president. And, you know, like I think all of us when we were 12 had that ambition. But like, he not only followed through on it, but like he I mean, built his entire creepy little career around it. Maybe
1: you had that ambition. I wanted to be a fucking Lego spaceman.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm kind of with Jamie on this one. Yeah. To be honest, but I want to yeah, be a um,
0: paleontologist. He's uh, someone the asked one, about the bread fixing earlier. Should we just address that?
1: Pete's the one where he joined. He joined the army um, and did like one tour just to get it on his CV or something, right?
0: Yeah, he was yeah. like an office tech guy. Uh.
3: So, so like the background with Pete is just is phenomenal. So he goes away, he does his Ivy League kind of, you know, studies and all the rest of it. And then he goes and joins, if um, I remember correctly, he does a term with US aid, which if anyone doesn't know, is a CIA front. It's meant to be an aid giving organisation, but it works hand in hand with the CIA and basically does a whole bunch of kind of, um, you know, shady disbursements but with a, under the, the guise of being this kind of nice, kind of friendly uh, aid organisation. Um, so he goes away he does that for a bit and uh, he also ends up working for a company called McKinsey Mm -hmm. who are the evil like you know oh they are the fucking
2: tentacle monsters yeah
3: yeah yeah like their thing is oh we don't do policy we just implement decisions they're a consultancy company that just lends its support but um, in practice they are like the fucking Illuminati's like front troops kind of levels of stuff it's like if you've got any evil grand scheme and you want to hire some people some detail oriented people to do the implementation you pick up the phone and call mckinsey right yeah well so i mean a, ter- a
1: volcano layer is not going to build itself
3: yeah exactly right mckinsey are the people who come in and they offer a bid on how to do not not to build it themselves but how to arrange all the contractors for you so you don't have to worry about that shit that's mckinsey mckinsey are the ones who like you know make sure your uniforms are, are properly starched and snazzy before you put them on your uh, death trippers. So, um, and when he was part of McKinsey, uh, you know, and it's tied into the whole USAID thing, he basically was involved in a price-fixing scandal in, correct me if I'm wrong, it was Canada, wasn't it?
0: I think so, yes. Yes.
3: Yeah, where they basically instituted a kind of cartel like organization to drive up bread prices because, you know, that helps them extract more value for their valuable clients in the bread making sector. Just like real kind of just crazy, banal, evil, like, you know, desk murderer kind of bullshit. You know, I mean, where people go, people on the lower poverty end getting up absolutely fucked because bread prices rise.
0: Yeah, his entire McKinsey sort of background and stint, uh, what they were. Like one of the big things they do is they go to war zones and they sort of they call it something euphemistic like um, uh, value asset management of, or, or 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 agricultural allocation or something. But they basically go into a war zone and they price fix. They just they they they, they just try to um, regulate the local economy to create value for one specific interest group. Um, so noted war
3: zone Canada
0: yeah well that that's the thing which is why the the canada thing is the scandal and everything else is just you know standard uh practice because no one's going to be surprised if you if you tell them the cia runs uh shady value accumulating profit making activities in active war zones that's uh you know <laughs>
3: so like he's he's right of a nexus I cannot stress enough he's right of a nexus of like the public face of CIA operations essentially he's he's Ivy League he's done a stint in the military just to kind of get it on his CV he's worked with their literal like forefront uh, USAID um, and he's also worked with McKinsey so he's he's been polished in all the right ways he's their Manchurian candidate so to speak and he's very obviously being deployed into this field because they're like well damn we need some kind of agent of capital who's not either got their brains leaking out their ears or is otherwise fundamentally Mentally compromised mm-hmm. and that's why he's been you know he's been rising lately because he's realized well shit this is what we got to work with
0: yeah um i mean the, he's dropping a little bit i'm not
2: super worried about Buttigieg. um i could i, I could get but, worried about him but it depends on on if warren drops out or biden drops out yeah
0: all right well uh we're on to the big kahuna then so the big man. the, the the, the last of the front runners, and currently the front runner, um, Bernard Sanders, uh, him of the Brethren. <laughs> yes. We are all Bernie bros now. I find Bernard Brethren uh, uh, quite funny. Um,
3: <laughs> True story, do you know he doesn't have a middle name? Does he not? No. It's, it's just Bernard Sanders. That's cool. I don't have a yeah, middle name. That's... I'm like Bernie. Really? Wow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Okay, so Bernie Sanders, we're all fucking in the bag. We're all desperately craving some level of political dopamine after the UK fucking trash fire in December. Um, So yeah, Bernie Sanders has spent his entire life campaigning for workers' rights, for um, healthcare for all, for, for socialist policies. For t- for, and for, for, redistribution. for trans
2: rights, like years in the 1980s oh, already yeah. when it was Way, yeah, yeah. Long, output.
0: long, long time ago. Um, and not just that, but also a fundamental redistribution of power in America. Like a, a, an actual shift. In many ways, more radical than what Corbyn's platform was, i got to be honest. I, I think... Um, um, but only by, only relative to America being as completely fucked up as it is.
3: Um, yeah, in in absolute terms, the Corbyn platform was more radical than the Bernie Sanders platform. Yeah, but in terms mm-hmm. of shifting the overtone window relative to each country, Bernie's definitely more left than, than the equivalent the world.
2: Like you know, a Bernie presidency yeah. would would you know, hopefully, cross fingers actually precipitate global change.
3: Yeah, I mean, hopefully. There's a there's a theory I've heard, which is, you know, take this with a pinch of salt, there's the whole idea that American cultural filtration means that all the, uh, you know, as it makes political decisions or cultural decisions, they filter down, and every other country's on like a five to ten year lag, essentially. And so, Bernie losing in 2016 to Hillary Clinton presages Corbyn kind of, you know, getting a bit fucked. Um, and so, if a Bernie if Bernie was to win this time, then in like five to ten years, we might actually see a left kind of rising in Westminster. Don't know if I really kind of take that seriously, but it does kind of get at the heart of the issue, which is that since the American also, you which know, is
2: hilarious to see uh, uh, Boris Johnson come over and negotiate a trade deal with with a Sanders administration, them actually saying, "No, your labor protections aren't good enough for us. You have to raise them, or otherwise, no deal."
3: Oh, man, like, a man can dream.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that it's that
1: whole thing they used to say where, like, America sneezes and Britain catches a cold or something like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I I don't really have a strong I think, opinion.
1: I think if Bernie had been the candidate in 2016, he definitely would have won.
0: I think so, too. I think the polls were uh, in favour on that yeah. side.
1: I mean, I don't even think it's, it's so much the polls. It's just that I think a lot of people obviously a lot of racists voted for Trump because he's their man um, you know if you want like if you if you want Muslims out of America you vote for Trump if you're, if you're not happy with like the Mexicans you vote for Trump if you you think women are terrible you vote for Trump but there's probably a, a, a not insignificant portion of his votes came from people who just weren't happy with the political status quo and well, I mean, Hillary Clinton and- was status yeah. quo as fuck like
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, him and, and Bernie were the only ones actually saying there's something not right yeah. with America and its trade deals. And Hillary Clinton's answer was to say, "Oh, America is already great. America is already great."
2: Yeah, yeah, that was a, it, yeah. Just this, yeah. No, it was a that was a terrible campaign. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? I
0: don't think we know we we need to to talk that much about Bernie because. He's he's out there. And Everything is is on the tin. He doesn't have any, like, you know, hidden secrets or, 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 or any, you know, shady dealings that need looking into. His policy platform While is out he there. he has a
2: second house, and I'm sorry, but, you know, he is oh. probably a millionaire himself, and you can't trust those people. I mean, Jeremy Corbyn also owns a house. Let's remember. Ed Miliband and, had a
3: second kitchen. Ooh. And listen, much like Corbyn and Ed Miliband, we really have to address... Bernie Sanders' anti-Semitism problem.
2: Yeah, which is I mean, genuinely that was, that's that been great. astounding to see in the last it few was, weeks. It since, was
1: genuine. It was genuinely gratifying to see people try to smear him as an anti-Semite just purely because it had worked over here.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it and it was astounding and to see that literally the day Corbyn was defeated, um, you yeah. could see the articles pop up saying, "No, he's he's an anti-Semite." Uh, just crashed. for our listeners. Um, I think most of Bernie Sanders' immediate family got wiped out uh, in the Holocaust, and I think his, both yep. his parents are Holocaust survivors.
0: Which is which is why the attack really didn't gain that much weight at all, and they quickly fell back on the misogynist Bernie bro line. Yeah. Um, to be
2: so fair, we the, are that, Bernie fans here, and there are no women on this podcast, so oh, damn <laughs> they got us. Fuck. Uh, hey,
3: hey! Some of some of us are non-binary. I I really object to be being you know titled as a I'm Bernie sorry. Bro. That's oh, yeah. I mean, Rob, look, come on! I've really got to doubt your candidacy for president of the United States now <laughs> officially <you're showing> this <laughs> level. Of, but I've been see, dreaming of it see, since I was twelve. You the misogynist
0: Bernie Bros strike again. <laughs> we've we've fuck we, we've done it. The the for for anyone not in the know or who, or who doesn't access U.S. political Twitter, um. The and you, you, narrative really sh- is- you really
1: should access US political Twitter. You're missing out so much.
0: It's actually hilarious, um, but <laughs> I don't know if that was sarcasm. <laughs> um, the attack line is that Bernie Sanders uh, has a legion of virulent, vicious online supporters who will uh, harass, troll, and abuse, um, especially women, who... who um, Uh, criticize Bernie's policies and it goes back to the 2016 attack line which is where he was he was sexist for running against Hillary Clinton and now he's sexist for running against Elizabeth Warren Um, and he personally oversees and is in charge of and sends directives out to his online Bernie bros to tell them to go harass these these uh, random Twitter people um, yeah. which I'm you know that's the
1: <laughs> yeah I mean the the great thing the great thing about um watching the anti-semitism and the and the misogyny attacks fail is how Bernie himself has just like fucked them right off like yeah. there was the thing where Warren was claiming that he he told her in private that a woman couldn't ever be president or something like that, and when they asked him about it, he it, like journalists asked him about it, and he just basically like told them they were a fucking idiot. <laughs> well... <laughs>
0: I actually wanted to bring this up in relation to something that might be useful domestically. So um, in 2015, he encouraged Liz Warren to run for president. That's a matter of record. As far back as the, as the 1980s, he there's footage of him saying women should run for office and, uh, and a woman can and should be president. Um, so in 2015, he encourages Warren to run. She doesn't. Uh, he runs instead because there needs to be some left voice on the platform. Uh, Warren endorses Hillary instead probably in a bid to be vice president. Um, and then shortly after the Warren campaign hires a bunch of former Hillary staffers, coincidentally, um, and just when Bernie starts to, 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 to pretty noticeably surge in the polls and, and Warren starts dropping, she, uh, her campaign releases this um, leak that uh, in a meeting in, 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 20, in 2018... Um, Bernie uh, said that a woman could not be president now I don't really give a fuck about the actual s- sort of specifics there whether he said it might be difficult for a woman to beat a misogynist like Trump or, or, or anything like that I don't give a shit it doesn't matter because when he was asked on the debate on, on the debate stage uh, is it true that you told Elizabeth Warren a woman could be president he just said no and the moderator without skipping a beat goes straight to Warren and says uh, Mrs. Warren how did how did it feel when Bernie told you yeah. yeah, be that was extraordinary
2: I mean and the last two left. weeks the media has just gone all all hard in on destroying uh, um, Sanders it's, yeah. it's really been amazing to see it's like they tried to what they did for four years long to uh, to Corbyn they are trying to cram into three weeks now it really is extraordinary but here's my point, the audience
0: laughed. He he chuckled, they laughed. If he'd done anything else, if he'd said, um, well, what I was trying, what I actually said or what I was trying to say was this and that and uh, oh, well, maybe I'm misremembering or well, I must have misspoke. If he'd done anything else, any sort of apology, any try to sort of like walk it back kind of thing, like anything other than a plain, complete dismissal, that follow-up question would have had a place. It would have sounded more appropriate because yeah. he just flat out denied it. The follow-up question was completely ridiculous because they were planning to do it anyway. It wasn't based on his answer. It, it, it was going to happen, right? It was a planned hit. The debate happened hosted by the same news network that leaked the original story, right? This is a whole, it, it, you know, um, and that dismissal, that just complete straight out, off the cuff, no, not true. You got to learn from that. That's what you got to do. You got to like this whole straight talking thing. That's what it means. Stick to your guns. Defend your your convictions. Don't give any inches at all.
3: It's kind of. I think we can safely say. I don't think this should be controversial. Bernie Sanders has better political instincts than Jeremy Corbyn does. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Bernie yes. Sanders yeah. and his team have better political instincts, which is a, definitely a cause for hope. I mean Bernie definitely
1: does I was going to say did you see the thing where they were trying to um, they were trying to like some journalist was trying to land a hit on him because he'd been to some protest in I think Nicaragua in the 80s
2: yeah
3: (laughs) and they
1: they were saying like oh and, and this protest you were at there were apparently people chanting death to America um and he was like right and and they were they were trying to sort of go on oh, did you know mm-hmm. there were people at that protest and he's like well it was a protest against america like we were we were invading them or whatever mm-hmm. you know obviously and and the journalists like yes but did you and he just he has like absolutely like no time for it whatsoever he, no, he just basically absolutely tells, not. tells the journalist i don't think you understand a single thing i'm saying to you
0: a lot of a lot of UK Labour politicians could take some very good pointers from not just Bernie Sanders but his campaign. Um, uh, uh, Brianna Joy,
2: yeah, Brianna Joy Grace,
0: yeah, uh, Joy Grace. Thanks, I was blanking on the last name there. Um, is excellent as well. When she's given interviews, it's just clear understandable the policies straight to it she doesn't um buy any of the 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 sort of fishing expeditions they go on she she doesn't get uh, snookered in by any of the bait um and it works you really the 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 i don't know if the media class in the uk is well it's 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 a it's hostile to the left in a different way than the media classes in America. And, and there is a difference because we haven't really had, I mean, for as much as a, as a liberal um, sort of mild figure that he was, having like, what, 15 years of Jon Stewart deconstructing, you know, like mainstream news fuckery every single night definitely has changed the atmosphere there. A little bit like people in the UK have more respect for the BBC than people in the US probably tend to have for their mainstream sort of news
2: well it's also because American news is just like I mean we can talk about the BBC on another episode but like yeah. if you thought the BBC was occasionally bad like try to watch an hour worth of US CNN you know mm-hmm. when I was last time I was in I the think- States I I because I wanted to do like an expand, expanded mind uh, thing. Um, <laughs> every morning when I woke up, I would. First thing I would do was like turn on Fox News and essentially just keep it on while I was getting ready and showering and that kind of stuff. It is
3: unreal. Oh, yeah. Do you know, as you're saying that, my shitpost brain is just picturing the opening to American Psycho with Fox News babbling on in the background very quietly. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just. I just think that especially uh, left-wing politicians like Sanders have more experience dealing with this kind of media onslaught because it's been so entrenched from the right for much longer than it has been here, and I think we need to learn from that. We need to just not give them any credence or respect at all. Um, And that's a decent point there. But yeah, so um, I'm... uh, Have have we covered the whole Warren-Bernie debacle well enough? Um, yeah, it it completely backfired. Her numbers started crashing. That was very fun to see. Um, uh, shall we move on to uh, best hits of the yes, campaign? Yes, let's do that. Let's, let's, okay, let's sure. end on a so, high note. So, um, unless James wants to do the brief spiel about Obama that, that he said he was interested in before
3: ah yeah i mean really quickly if
0: you can make your point there about um what might happen yeah
3: yeah okay i'll try so it's like obama and hillary essentially are kind of at the point where they're going oh shit we kind of maybe need to do something and it's really funny watching the contrast and how they're approaching it because Hillary has kind of come in, best six of the campaign. She's come out in a documentary that's been released recently saying, oh, no one likes Bernie Sanders. <laughs> he's right? the most
0: popular senator in the yeah, country. Yeah. Right. So it's like, no
3: one likes Bernie Sanders. And what she means by that is no one in Washington likes Bernie Sanders. He's awkward to work with. He's, you know, he's he's not an insider. Famously right?
2: popular place.
3: Yeah, popular. yeah. I mean, yeah.
2: The, the, the US Congress has still has way lower ranking than Donald Trump. Uh, you know, I think they're at like fifteen yeah. percent
3: approval mm-hmm. rating as an institution.
2: Yeah. So she right. had,
3: she she gives him the benefit of an anti endorsement. And uh, by the way, he handles it beautifully because someone asked him about it, and he said, "Well, let's get one thing clear: on a good day, my wife likes me," uh, which is just the perfect way to kind of parry it. Yeah. Um, but by contrast, has been Obama, and Obama has you know apparently been privately muttering these kind of "oh, you know, I might have to weigh in" or you know something in the background. But it's been really interesting because he's basically done nothing. Mm -hmm. And um, this observation has come from a few different quarters, including, you know, the Chapel Trap House guys who mentioned it. He's basically got Emperor Hirohito syndrome, Mm. whereas he's this (laughs) saintly figure who is beyond all, you know, he's perfectly judgment, perfectly great. And he doesn't want to weigh in and tarnish this this aura of perfection by coming in, coming out against Bernie Sanders and then Bernie Sanders winning anyway. Yeah, um, And so his own cowardice and his own unwillingness to put his own political legacy or not even legacy, just political, you know, acumen and perception of it on the line means that Obama is kind of stuck on the sidelines humming and hawing until it's probably too late. And meanwhile, just today, I read a story saying that Obama is apparently going to you know, sit it out and wait and see how things shake out until the convention. Well, meanwhile, Hillary Clinton is considering maybe perhaps actually doing a run. Oh, my God. That would be hilarious. Fuck. Starting with Super Tuesday, which, by the way, um, Michael Bloomberg is apparently, he's not even bothering standing in the first primaries. He's going all in on Super Tuesday. All in
2: on Super Tuesday, which is just the most insane thing you can do. But apparently, like, I mean, he is growing in every poll, and he is, you know, I mean, he's a mad, mad person. And he has so much money that he can stay in the game far
3: past anybody else, because he can literally outspend anybody. Here's the thing: it's a strategy that's never worked, and I honestly think that Michael Bloomberg's strategy is essentially him being taken for a ride by a bunch of kind of you know campaign specialists, etc. Who've been like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you want to run for president, Michael? We can, we can make that work for you. Sure, sure. We've got this Super Tuesday strategy. Just you'll need to pay us fat stacks up until then, but that's when it'll start to pay dividends." Well, he has the most of, staff, actually, of, of all
2: the candidates running.
3: Yeah, yeah, I I honestly think he's being grifted hard by the like, the machine mill of campaign specialists from Washington. That's how I read that situation. I'm not really worried about him.
0: That wouldn't surprise me in the slightest, actually, do you know what? Yeah. Alright. Well I mean, you know,
3: he's a big guy, he's a rich guy, he likes to be complimented and you know, he'll happily pay a few million for some yes men to tell him he's totally God's gift to American politics and he just needs to wait until Super Tuesday.
2: And happily tell pregnant women that uh, they are supposed to uh, shut up. Oh, yeah, that story. Anyway, shall we move Uh, on? Because otherwise we're going to do another one of these endless episodes.
0: um, So unlike our usual episodes, uh, we are going to spare you comment or because delving into the uh, minds of the American journalistic class is something we're not prepared for. No, God, Um, So instead, we're going to round it off with some of the uh, uh, some of our favorite bits and you know best hits of the campaign. So a couple of these have been mentioned already, like uh, Biden talking about corn pop, uh, Biden talking about record players. That was a, a question on how to um, how to increase school performances for underprivileged children, and, and he said leave the record player on for them at night, uh, <laughs> so they hear words and it increases their vocabulary. Um, one of my big favorites was, um, Mayo Pete, uh, publishing a dossier full of endorsements from black community leaders. Does anyone remember this one?
3: Yeah, it turned out that none of the black community leaders in the endorsement had agreed to the endorsement. No. And they were all just absolutely gobsmacked that he just straight up said that they all endorsed him when not a single one of them did.
0: It gets better. So, first of all, the dossier was full of um, uh, stock images of, like, Nigerian and Kenyan uh, models. No way. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out that the endorsements, he had secured them, and I'm, I'm doing air quotes here, he had secured the endorsements by emailing all these community leaders saying, um, to opt out of endorsing
1: Pete Buttigieg, oh, yes! please
0: respond to this email. <laughs>
2: yeah and respond within four hours that was the mother amazing bit he said if you don't respond in four hours we will assume
3: that you Mm -hmm. endorse our candidacy presumably after he typed that he said out loud no take backsies
0: (laughs) (laughs) it was that it's 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 so pete it's it's perfect it's this this um he he has a very bad track record as mayor dealing with his black community um, and he just keeps making it worse and worse and worse. So th- it's this microcosm of like, you know, um, his rat faced little CIA ploy coming in. Aha, uh-huh, I've got you. You know, here's a technicality. Oh, you did not doubt. Oh, well, oops. Uh, <laughs> that's my first one. <laughs>
3: <laughs> my One of my favourite ones is during one of the early debates, Joe Biden in the closing speech. And this says, you know, this is his big his big moment, his good chance to kind of make an impression. And it's going, all right, it's going okay. He's holding it together. The grey matter isn't quite dribbling out his nose. And he says, and uh, if you want to, to contribute and help in our campaign, please go to uh, Joe30303. Oh. <laughs> <three laughs> <three. laughs> And everyone just kind of, including it, like, it's beautiful to watch even his fellow candidates on the lectern, they all kind of subtly turn towards him like, you're right, mate. What, what's that when it's at home? And it turns out, it turns
1: out.
3: Well, he was meant to give the website, but what he actually did is he gave the uh, phone line where you can phone up ye old timey style and leave a donation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Joe Biden can't <laughs> do the internet. That's That's a good one. <laughs>
1: I mean that's the least surprising thing I've ever heard.
3: No, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the video really makes it. It's definitely hard. To recommend.
1: He definitely, he definitely has it like the air of a man who went to school with John Rentoul.
2: Yeah, he <laughs> <Yeah, it> does. <laughs> Rob, have you got one? I have, I have, uh, um, I have two, but they're essentially the same thing, and they are uh, the entire candidacies of Beta O'Rourke and Cory Booker. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then, But they're for the same reason is that they were both presented to the voter and sort of to the world by uh, by the media and by all the talking heads as these are, you know, the guys of the future because they're really popular and we can get this done. And, you know, they speak to young people and then they open their mouth and try to campaign and it just blew out their f- fucking ass and nothing happened and nobody liked them and nobody supported them and nobody could remember them and i just thought like you know for a yeah. p- bunch of people who elect a president while sitting around a barn and walking from one square to the other you do have some <laughs> instincts and i just thought <laughs> that's wonderful at least julian castro
0: got that wonderful uh, swipe in at biden on the debate stage where he's like wait you literally just said this five minutes ago do you not remember what you said and everyone got mad at him for actually pointing out that Biden's losing his mind yeah. um, but but Booker and O'Rourke did nothing <laughs> I, I, I can't think of a single thing Go I on. have
3: a, another really good one which is uh, Buttigieg he was scheduled so he's gay and it's, it's relevant to this anecdote so he was scheduled to go on a campaign stop recently at a gay oh, bar oh yes and you know s- support his own people support his own community kind of thing it's like great okay progressive like can't fault him there no problem at all then he cancels at the last minute with like an hour to go because it turns out that gay bar had a a dancing yeah. pole in it that was his husband
0: that. that was uh, that was Chaston wasn't it
3: no, I'm pretty sure it was he was meant to turn up. Well, that was too. it him? Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the cancellation
0: was still the dancing. Pole.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was the dancing poll. It was. Oh, that's bad optics. That, yeah. No, we can't deal with that. So, but here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. Recently, it was posted on Twitter that that bar uh, has decided to go with a new candidate and pinned proudly to that dancing poll of voting cards endorsements for Bernie Sanders.
1: <laughs>
0: that's yeah.
1: I mean, I I obviously haven't been following the campaign, but my highlights would have to be um, the the dancing, the stupid fucking dancing.
0: (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Have we all seen videos of the High
2: High Hopes dance?
1: I don't think I've seen that one. I've seen the, like I said, it 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 must have been the the Beto O'Rourke dance. Oh right, that's that's the one.
2: That's the Beto. No, 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 no. Beto O'Rourke had a different dance. The high, high hopes is the is the boot at ed, boot at edge uh, thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. So there was there was the beta dancing. There was the Kamala Harris dancing with uh, like sort of uh, synchronized sort of break dancers. Um, there was Elizabeth Warren's really fucking weird kind of wavy arm thing. Um, unfortunately, we can't share the medium of video on a podcast form. No, but just but could, if you just
2: YouTube boot at edge dance or Pete. Edge, high hopes. You can't miss it.
0: Yeah, it's 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 the it's the panic at the disco tune, and it's the cringiest fucking thing <laughs> you'll ever
2: see. It's so sad it is. I'm trying to think of an equ. It's like imagine if there were like um, Morris dancers for Paul Nuttall. I think is the best comparison that I can draw. Yeah, that's yeah, notch, I mean, not bad. Yeah,
0: that's a good comparison. We had Theresa May doing that really awkward dancing a couple of times. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it quite had this. It, it's not the same because that was just her. And the High High Hopes dance is is his It's his campaigners. It's his supporters. They get together and they do flash mobs. The of The Theresa May shitty, thing creepy. was like, you know, she,
1: she got filmed doing that stupid fucking dance and everyone rightly ridiculed the shit out of her. And then she comes on stage at conference doing the same stupid fucking dance to try and lean into it.
0: But were there were there groups of like young Tories going out doing flash mobs of the Theresa May dance?
1: Probably. I, like, I mean, I I I, I miss that. I mean, I if, don't watch young Tories twenty four seven. So
0: <laughs> if it happened, do you know about the Bloomberg dance? It, is there a Bloomberg dance?
3: Well, this is a, okay. This is another one of my favourites. So off the back of all these stupid fucking dances. A couple of comedians paid a crowd of, like, you know, Flashmore people, like, I don't know, $50 to stand in a room and do a made up dance and then dubbed over the top of it after we were done Mike Bloomberg, you know, really obviously. Put this on Twitter as an obvious (laughs) joke and the mainstream media reported it for for no shit serious as being the new Mike Bloomberg dance to go along with it.
1: <laughs> oh, the fuck media, me. the media are just far too fucking credulous, really, aren't they?
2: Oh, that's too like, credulous for their own good. It's just this embarrassing. I, I,
1: I mean, it's it's like you sort of get that right. Okay, so media that like the, you know the media as an institution's been around a long time, and the internet's relatively new, and social media is even newer. And you know, so that maybe. The great institutions of, of journalism don't have a a sort of playbook in place for what happens when, like you know, a Bernie fan sixty nine four twenty like posts some <laughs> obvious bullshit. But you think th- you'd think you would after the first like say two hundred times you you run a story that that's like clearly fucking some idiot just making it up on the lunch break for a laugh you think after a couple of hundred times you would think maybe we should fact check, but no, it's always just, shit, that looks like a huge... If that turns out to be true, that would be a huge scoop and prohibited by the laws of physics. We'd better run that before anyone else sees it yeah, every I mean, single it, fucking time.
0: It, it, it gets them clicks. They have no incentive not to do it. No one's, you know, looking over their shoulders, threatening them with any kind of regulation. Or, no, but then you, you see know.
1: them all getting mad, like on Twitter, that they've, they've been misled. And it's like, well, I mean...
0: Uh, that's a defense mechanism you have to believe that you're you know a, a, a proud member of the ethical cast of journalists doing your best to uphold truth and dignity um, I mean ugh. um I got two more they're they're both Warren related um, so uh, Jamie you who, who have not been following do you know what a big structural Bailey is
2: no how could you possibly I mean <laughs> <Could> you po- <laughs> seriously Jesus <laughs> Would you care to take a guess? What's a big structural Bailey?
1: Uh, I mean, I I can only think of like, it's
3: part of a castle, isn't it?
0: (laughs) It is part of a castle. Would
3: you you like a clue? (laughs) Yeah, go on. Okay, her dog is named Bailey.
1: All right, so is a dog like an absolute unit?
0: (laughs) You're getting there. So Warren's campaign slogan, or, or one of her slogans, is big structural change. Yeah, right. I mean, sure. We all believe that. Um, Her dog is named Bailey, who is objectively quite a cute dog. Um, Very friendly fellow. But at one of her campaign events, and I don't know if this was was her, if this was like volunteers who decided it it would be fun, um, they constructed a massive, like, sort of um, parade float size dog um and she and there's this there's footage of her walking towards this this huge dog with her arms outstretched like some fucking wicker man sort of thing and her and and off camera you can hear her supporters chanting big structural bailey big structural bailey <laughs> like some fucking bizarre cult um initiation rite um it's it's fucking amazing the dog has like two um to uh, scent coins on his collar, which is a reference to some aspect of her tax plan for the healthcare thing, it's this completely surreal um, moment, and it was so weird. I'm it, it's just indelibly printed on my mind. I urge everyone to just Google Big Structural Bailey and watch the video because fucking hell, um, it's like we had the Edstone, and I can't think of much else. And but. but the U.S. just completely
3: outshines us. <laughs> I honestly think that was a case of a bunch of kind of, you know, paid staffers sitting around a table eating peanuts one day in a slow moment on a campaign. One of them like, what's the stupidest thing you think we can get her to do? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, it has to be something that's like credible, something she'll actually do. But what do you think the stupidest thing is? And one of them goes, how about a parade full of her dog? <laughs> <laughs> what about it? We just, we, we make a parade flow of her dog Seriously, and get her to go towards it. It's fucking huge. Look, watch the video. It's, it's this massive thing. And she
0: walks towards it with her arms outstretched I mean, like a priest summoning an elder god. It's f-
1: genuinely nothing would surprise me about American politics. But it sounds, it sounds very much to me like they've sat around one day and they've gone, well, how can we do something that's just, uh, just off-kilter enough that it'll go viral. The kids love that, like, sort of wacky random humour.
3: <laughs> d- you know what? Elizabeth Warren has the very, very strongest Hey Fellow Kids energy of any of the candidates.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Biden Biden, would too, but he's actually regressing back into childhood, so it's not fair. <laughs> yeah. If we do a big Structural Bailey, they'll put it on their
0: TikToks, and then they will Pokemon Go to the polls. Um, okay, as... I've got one more, unless anyone else has a last favorite. This is a recent one, and it's just to just hammer home, hammer home this this, this point about Warren's competency. Um, she recently tried launching an interfaith council. Right? Good idea. Everyone loves an interfaith council. Um, would you care to guess what the problem with the interfaith council was?
1: It was entirely Christians.
2: You've pretty much got it. There was. No, no, there was, there was one uh, um,
3: single white Buddhist. Oh, oh, shit, yeah, there was a Buddhist, and it was a white woman in her, like, uh, I, I don't know, like, one of these kind of liberal uh, Hollywood style, you know, totally like, oh yes, my branch of Buddhism has been around for all of five minutes kind of ones
0: yeah it's the it's the Gwyneth Paltrow school of Buddhism um yeah
3: oh now hey I got into trouble last time I mentioned her in a podcast let's not go there
0: there's this white Buddhist who looks like Tilda Swinton in Doctor Strange with with like a big blonde wig there's one rabbi no Muslims no Native American spiritual advisors no Hindus uh no nothing like that and here's the kicker
1: there's a Scientologist
0: nope there's
2: there's 15 or so Christians but none of them were Catholic well to be fair you can't trust the papes, Papists well,
0: well, well, well hang on I mean there's there's you know you've got your all your, all your Christians from from Southern Baptist to Northern Baptist <laughs> it's like 15 Protestants do you remember what state Warren is the senator for uh,
1: Massachusetts emergency right?
0: Massachusetts yeah. which is famous for being come on papist. Yeah, Boston's in Massachusetts. Yeah. Dropkick Murphys are from Massachusetts. It's full of people who care a lot about being Irish and being Catholic.
3: Well, listen, <laughs> I mean, I find it kind of incredible, but you got to bear in mind, her dog is called Bailey. So, you know, clearly there's some representation there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway, she pretty much rolled back the council almost immediately as soon as it was um, made fun of, rightly so, online. Well, because I mean, this...
1: she couldn't get Branch Davidian on board.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is the competency candidate. This is the... This is Elizabeth... I have a plan. Uh, I'm going to write, I have plans. Here's a Medium article with all my plans. Like, she is not competent. From, from the fucking plagiarizing the New York Times for a Native American cookbook to the DNA test to this latest complete... I mean, just just absolute garbage piece of political action. Um, and it's really funny that the, the New York Times endorsed her as the competency candidate and the radical, and then Amy Klobuchar as well, because she can't even get an entire endorsement from the New York Times. The people who are explicitly her target demographic um, is just really funny to me. And it should just hammer home the point that she is none of the things she claims to be None of the reasons she gives for voting for her over Bernie Sanders hold any water at all, not from policy to um, social justice to competency or technocratic or methodological um, prowess. None at all.
3: Well, I guess that leads us to the inexorable conclusion Bernie or bust? Yes. Yep. Yeah,
0: B- Bernard or barbarism, pretty much. <laughs> that's that's. I... Yeah,
3: I mean, my
1: my only other highlights from the campaign were the the Jacob Wall press conference, where
2: <laughs> any no journalist turn... in Fallsworth is such a fucking. No, highlight. Well,
1: no journalists turned up. It was entire the the, the the audience was entirely people who turned up just to take the piss out of them. Yes, <laughs> um, and obviously there was the bit where uh, there was the bit in the campaign where Mayor Pete evaded the FBI by, um, like, using a fake name when he lured his victims. Oh, I yeah. Thought that, I thought that was quite cool.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Bernie or bust. I am a resident in the UK. I'm also an American citizen. I have a recurring monthly donation to the Bernie Sanders campaign. If you are a US citizen in the UK or or anywhere abroad, you are allowed to donate. You are completely allowed to. All you got to do is go onto the website... Uh, berniesanders.com. You can contribute any amount of money. Uh, all you need is your address and your your U.S. passport number. They might send you a little email saying, "Can you just uh, sign? Excuse me, sign here to confirm that you're a U.S. citizen." Yada yada. Uh, we don't want to get Bernie into any fraudulent trouble. Of course, it is illegal to collect money from non-U.S. citizens and use that to fund any U.S. Um, politician don't do that but any amount that you can give um please do he's fundraising incredibly well he's getting he's got more money than 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 anyone else without taking from um super PACs or wealthy donors um you you can be you can't campaign you can maybe phone bank. I heard something about that. I I tried looking up. I couldn't find the Just, details. Just an app. You, there's but, the
2: Bernie app. Is if you want to do shit, download that and get you know get on with it. <laughs> does it work overseas as well? I think so. Just uh, I, okay. Like what well, you are can, we a try, professional try, podcast? Try. Just find f- out.
0: F- fucking yeah, fucking try it. But uh, please do donate if you can. Uh, Iowa is only a few days away, um, and we 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 really could do it. It really could happen. He could be the candidate, and he could beat Trump and
2: it would be, might be
0: the first actual glimmer of fucking progress in this hell timeline yeah is it i um, mean
1: is it a, is it a good idea to be encouraging like people in the uk to phone bank for bernie cuz i mean americans and british accents that aren't the queen's
2: just pretend don't you're don't the really, queen don't Who really cares? Mix too just well. hello I'm right, brenda just whatever <laughs> just do it i don't care just make shit up they,
0: in my experience, even the most uncouth of UK accents will be m- meted positively by Americans. They think it's either like a sort of, you know, cool sort of, uh, peaky blinders kind all of right. thing. All right, okay, or, you, or, you
1: say that, but or every, think, every American I've ever met thinks I'm Irish. And well, that'll work too. I remember, I remember that episode of Castle where they had the Geordie on. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> seen that. That is the highlight of all American culture as far as I'm concerned. It was fucking tremendous.
0: There's the episode of Sex in the City with the Scottish guy and he's just speaking gibberish.
3: Right, okay, sorry. I'm, I'm pulling the sorry. fucking record. Yeah, we're pulling I'm hitting the, the emergency big red button behind the glass. Yeah. We're not talking about Sex in the City on this podcast. Fuck no. <laughs> no right, I'm no, done. That's it, we're done. We're out of here. Okay,
0: phone back if you can. Please donate if you can. And we will uh, we'll all be watching uh, Iowa on the 3rd that, yeah. of February. I believe it is. Uh, okay, thanks so much for listening, guys. Thanks for being with me. Uh, do you
2: guys want to plug Twitter handles? No, do you, you've just, you know, there's uh, our Twitter <laughs> handles at cost Go there. Just
1: just put Rob out of his
3: misery. <laughs> just
2: kill me. Just, okay. just okay. <laughs> okay, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.
0: All complaints to Rob.
3: See you later. Catch
1: <laughs> you all next time. <laughs> Bye.